Hey! Hey! hey. That spiked really high on our recording. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. So the, uh, a couple days ago, I was sleeping. David te- sends me a text at like nine in the morning, and he says, "This song just popped up on my iPod while I was running. Have you ever heard this before?" So of course I listened to it, and because I'd never have, uh, and it is amazing. And I can't believe we hadn't talked about that before. Yeah, it's crazy. Because so we talk about a lot of things, yeah. but. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. That was uh, KLF and the Time Lords. I'm not like an official DJ now. That was KLF and the Time Lords. Yeah, uh, it's eight in the morning. <laughs> yeah, not a bob with traffic. Let's shoot. O- <laughs> let's shoot over to Kathy, the weather girl, or whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> we are currently live. We're live. You're not. Um, broadcasting from uh, uh, or recording at Boulevard Brewery today. Yeah, they're gracious, uh, gracious enough to give us an office space to uh, camp out in. Right. Does anyone know we're here? No. <laughs> um, we're drinking beer. We are, um, uh, but that's okay. We're at a brewery. Yeah. You know, there's no time in a brewery. No it's one like, needs to know what yeah, time it it's is. It's like an airport, right? You know, like an airport. There's no. It could be any time of the day. It's or it's always three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Same thing at a brewery. Sure. Um, but welcome back and thanks again for for listening to us um, and downloading this thing. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks since we got together. It has it? been a few yeah, weeks. Been, yeah, you know, but that's the way we go. A lot has happened. Yeah, a lot has happened, and we're we're not going to talk for two hours, and um, we, we could. We're trying to we're going to try and keep things as short and sweet as we possibly can. Brevity is key, right? But um, uh, but let's jump in. Since we had that piece of music, we'll talk about uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, today's big day. Yeah, I mean, big day. Yeah. I, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of speculation going on right now. Yeah, in the next few hours, the world's going to find out who's going to be the 12th Doctor. Well, 1 o'clock, is that what you said? Yeah, 1 o'clock our time. Yeah. So, they're having a special on the BBC about it. Um, I, you know, it's it's almost like the LeBron James, the announcement, whatever that, that fucking thing was <laughs> that he did. It's kind of the same thing, only it's for nerds. Only for nerds, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to find out in a few hours who it's going to be. And of course, there's a lot of speculation. I read this morning, Hugh Grant was now being a... You know, linked rumored, somehow, and um, which would be kind of funny. You know, we talked before about Helen Mirren being, you know, a big fan, and maybe you know, is this the time for woman? But I'm getting the feeling it's, it's not. It's going to be a dude. Yeah, and I think all the like all the big names, so all the names that they're t- you know people are t- right. taking serious right now are are guys. Yeah. So, um, um, but that's okay. I mean, you know, I, I already like him. We already talked about that because he's the not Matt Smith doctor. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I again, I think it's time. I think it's time. I just. Uh, yeah. yeah. So sometimes better the devil you know. Danny Trejo <laughs> is my guess. That's who I think it should be. So Doctor Machete. Yeah. Uh, who? Yeah. Why not? Is why it? not? Why can't it be a Mexican? I don't know. Why not? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> why is he always English? Uh, I think that's it's proprietary. You yeah. know, I mean, it's made in the UK. It, it would be a slap in the face if it was. If he's an American know. doctor. Yeah. You know, it's just like James Bond is never going to be not English, and we're fine with that. Yeah, but know. James Bond's an English person. The doctor. Oh, well, that's is true. From, the doctor is an alien. Right. He's so. a time lord. Yeah. How do, I mean, yeah. Why can't he be like a Chinese guy? Yeah. He should, why, yeah. Exactly. And then they'll have all the episodes in Chinese, and then have to just you know have a have subtitles. Right. Probably wouldn't be as popular. No. Well, no. well, it would sell just as much or more. I mean, yeah, but like that's what, what they're trying to do. But if you think about it, why is he connected then to... Or, well, I suppose, if does he speak Gallifreyan and he just automatically gets translated into English? Or does he speak English all the time? Or I mean, we're thinking a bit too much into we're the mythology are. of Dr. Yeah. Who right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, hey, that's what we do. 
But Peter Capaldi is kind of the front runner. He's a t- yeah, he's about. a front runner. Who I really like. Him yeah, and an he's worked with Moffat before, so I think that's right. you know. Uh, in Torchwood, he's been on Doctor Who before. Um, Fires Pompeii. Fires Pompeii, which is a great David Tennant um, uh, episode. But which Karen Gillan was in as well. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, she was the daughter. No, no, she wasn't. She wasn't a major character. She was one of the priests, priestess with oh, the. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that, but that's cool. Um, but. So Peter Capaldi's been in The Thick of It, which is a great, if you haven't seen that, it's not on Netflix though, I mean it's impossible to find, it's, it was on BBC America, it's like a political, satirical, political, comedy, you know, in your face, hilarious, hilarious, super, supremely well written show, but he's in that as an incredibly scary character called Malcolm, but, um, so check that out if you can, I think they made a movie on it called In the Loop. Um, which uh, the late James Gallifrey was in too, mm. yeah. Which is which I think is available on Netflix All right. to check out. So I would check that out. But Peter Capaldi, I'd be happy with him. But like, but I know we've we've gone over this before. I'd be happy. I'm going to be happy with. You're going to be happy with whoever. But, yeah. but I think he's yeah. good. He's he's an older character, which is a, kind of a change since Eccleston was fairly young. Right. The trend Tennant is Tennant was younger, younger, and then Smith was younger even still. So we're going to go back to kind of possibly having an older kind of. Possibly, yeah. If, if All the speculation yeah. right now, yeah. I, I mean, would love it if Stephen Moffat just pulled something out of his arse and just had, you know, just shocked the world. That would be brilliant. Yeah, Capaldi but would be good because I don't. He's not a household name. That's why I don't think right. Hugh Grant will work because Hugh Grant's a household name. Now, I mean, if they're trying to pull viewers, if they're trying to like for this next season, if they want to get people who aren't watching Doctor Who to come and you know come into it, then which it's is what good, they kind of did with Eccleston it's to kind of relaunch it with a real actor, and yeah. that's kind of what gave it a lot of. Uh, momentum going into you know restarting the whole franchise but I, I think it would be I don't know if you Grant came to Stephen can you imagine the conversation you Grant shows up at Stephen Moffat's BBC office and goes I want to be the doctor you know yeah what, what's he going to say what's Stephen Moffat going to say no oh he's going to say okay you think yeah I don't know because yeah, it's, you know, I yeah, it's Hugh Grant I, don't, I think he would yeah but I don't think the doctor makes Hugh Grant money or maybe he does now <laughs> well he hasn't been in that for a while that's true yeah he hasn't made a film with Sandra Bullock in a while so it's due. She yeah. it's, well, maybe it's either that no, or Doctor she Who. Won't, she probably won't make a film of him anymore. Right. Because he's... His what if she's the next companion? His... <laughs> really? No? Okay. So Hugh Grant, next companion, Sandra Bullock. Uh, and now Doctor Who's a romantic comedy. Yeah. All of a sudden. I, I don't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, no, no <laughs> one does. Somebody does. There's some fan fiction out there right now. I guarantee you there's some slash fiction that's like, you know, someone's, the Doctor and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, someone's drawn a comic book, his own personal comic book, just for himself. Steven, I got this idea. Let me uh, let me run this by you real quick. Okay, all right, yeah. But that kind of you've person- seen four weddings and a funeral, right? Okay, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> four time lords and a regeneration. Yeah. So yeah, so the person sitting at home though, who's drawn this comic book with Hugh Grant, his Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock, he's the kind of person that has hair dolls of people, <laughs> right? Don't you think? Probably, probably. You know, and not of himself. No. Or, huh? Well, maybe his pubic hair, his own pubic Gross. hair, in the shape of Hugh Grant or Sandra Bullock. Anyway, let's just okay. put this conversation to bed. All right, yeah. So, <laughs> but we'll. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. So hopefully at one o'clock I'll remember to uh, turn on the TV and because uh, it's going to be all over the news and everything. Right? Oh yeah, no. I mean, people will know before this podcast is posted. So I mean, maybe we can have a little addendum, addendum, amendum. What is it? Addendum. Addendum. That's it. That's something else. Um, yeah, yeah. We can. So surely you, you listeners will have known who it is, and all this will just be. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the 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 music at the start was KLF um, and the Time Lords, and which is basically KLF, who are really 
At 3 a.m., Eternal is the only song yeah. I think that they really had in the U.S. But. Yeah. They're a crazy, you know, get-together of people who, you know, were marketing geniuses and, you know, just basically leveraged the absolute shit out of the music industry back in the early 90s and made an awful lot of money. Um, I think they've really written a book about, like, how to make a million dollars in a week or two or a month or something like that. And um, they did one, they were really, they gained a lot of notoriety for one particular incident where they burnt a million pounds at halftime of a football match, um, which was live on Sky TV. And they got into a lot of trouble about that because it's kind of an obscene thing to do. I mean, think about, like, you know, well, well it's all like the, burning the flag. Right. Or, or and, all, like, all the, oh, and, and the waste and, like, right, the, all the you know. good you could do with that when sure. you just give it to charity. But that's that was a statement in and of itself. You know, they're very anti everything. Right. And um, to the point where they've deleted their back catalog so they can't even buy their stuff anymore. I mean, and if you're going to, that's legit, though. Yeah. If you're going to do an art project and money and show how easy and how almost vulgar it is to, to make money from art, if you think that way, I mean, that's, that's a. To delete your own back catalog. Burn money <clears throat> and then burn your catalog. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, like, we don't give a wow. shit. Wow, I mean, I'm so into art, I want to be homeless. That's a statement. That is a statement. I'm going right. to leave my house and just live on the streets. I doubt they did Drink myself that. to death. I'm sure they kept some of it. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I don't yeah. think they just made a million million pounds. I think they probably made an awful lot more. Right. Um, but still, very, you know, very strange and, I don't know, kind of quirky thing to do. Yeah. But that's KLF, so... Uh, and the Time Lords. And the Time Lords. And that's Doctor Who. And that's Doctor Who. So Mars won. Yeah, we're going to we're going to chat about that, right? Yeah. Um honestly, you know if if you don't know what Mars one is, it's um it's the whole we're going to colonize space maneuver by 2033. Yeah, which I I mean we're we are living in the future. We just don't have the flying cars and the wingsuits and the one-piece glittery jumpsuits and, and gliders. We don't we don't dance with glowing orbs. You know, with our streams, streams of lights around us, like yeah, they do. Our, our clothes don't fit us. Century. I know. Automatically, yeah. our shoes don't tie themselves. Right, but we are yeah. in the future because we're we going don't to have Mars. Mr. Fusion. Yes. Yeah. If you guys don't know about it, Mars One is this whole movement from Scandinavian group, but they, I guess, they've recruited people around the world, where they're basically a non-for-profit who are trying to get enough money together and then also get the people to go to Mars. Six billion. Six billion dollars is what they project that it's going to cost. That seems low to me. It seems well, yeah, it does seem low, um, and it is the or, the Mars One group is non for profit, but they are also uh, there's another uh, a media group um, that's a for profit right. group that is funding it, and they're funding it through. I guess the idea is to, and it's funny. I used to make fun of this, not really make fun of it, but when they first started talking about this Mars One thing, and I was like, you could privately fund it if. You like serialized it. If you made it like a uh, like a reality TV show, you know, if you filmed and yeah. recorded and broadcasted like the application process and right. all this stuff, and then you know, like every week you tune in to see essentially Lost in Space or you know Gilgan's Island or whatever, and you watch these people, and, and that's the idea. Like as I started doing more research about it, that is exactly yeah. how they're funding this thing. Yeah, well, and and that makes sense. I mean, I want to watch a reality show about people trying to get their shit together and go to Mars too. Yeah, I mean, know? it's in, I think it's fascinating too. I mean. F- the, ex- the exploration of space, that part of it, it's extremely fascinating. But to be able to watch somebody, and it's a little bit more, that are in peril all the time. Right. You know, like, th- they're always in peril. But to just to see how they live and how they, you know, whatever. Because it is permanent. Because they said that although one day there might be a way to get people back, um, the people who sign up for it have to sign up for life to live in these pods. And, and how, how would you, I mean, I, you know, if I was 
a little bit younger maybe and didn't have kids and stuff and you know didn't have a family i mean i would it would be something because anyone can can apply for anyone this. can apply they've had I mean, it costs like 10 bucks or something like that, that they, they do charge you a fee oh i'm sure apply. yeah of course they've had seventy-eight thousand people apply yeah like um, almost eight thousand. yeah and oh, then it's crazy um yesterday august 3rd in dc they had a conference um it was like the mars conference because mars one isn't the only organization right now that's doing this there are three or four other ones and so they uh they had a conference in dc where all of the the other, I think there was like 500 applicants that they've narrowed it down to for like, you know, when they start recording, because they will start filming this or they will start recording the whole application process and start weeding these people out. Um, but they've, they've got it. I think it's 500 people that were there um, in D.C. yesterday. But this isn't going to be like the, you know, like regular astronauts are the best, the best. You know, they're all doctors. Uh, you know, they're all physicists. They're biochemists. This is going to be like. People like me and you. It is. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, I, you know, sitting on the couch. Now I'd like to go to Mars, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, I mean, because, like, and that's their thing is they're also, uh, the, the difference between Mars One and some of the other ones, um, the two of the other ones, um, I can't, Mars Foundation and Mars Society of the U.S., I believe, those are both U.S.-based companies. Right. And it's a U.S. funded, not, you know, privately funded, but. Uh, the Mars One is meant to be more international. I mean, it's going to be more like Starfleet. You know, they 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 want you know everyone. They want all walks of life to to be aboard, because I guess if there isn't some sort of diversity up there, I guess you'd go crazy if you're just around the same people. Yeah, I could. Of the I, same, you know, you'd have to have some sort of. I mean, what's your lifespan? On, you know, if you go to Mars, though? I mean, let's see, let's see, let's say they get there. You know, you're going to have your your limbs are going to be atrophied because, oh, yeah. you know, the, the lack of gravity, you know, uh, we're going to have to figure that out. I mean, it can work out and stuff. But like, you know, when when astronauts come down from the International Space Station, you know, it takes a long time for them to readjust. Yeah. That's why they say don't, you know, like you probably won't. You're not coming back. You're not right. just just commit to it. You're not coming back. But a great way, you know, to go out in a way. Sure. Guess, oh, know? yeah. I mean, absolutely. Even if you don't I make mean, it, you're like, well, Jesus Christ, at least I'll. You'll go down in history. It's and pioneer you spirit. Yeah, you know? it's pretty I mean, cool. Like, yeah. I mean, it is really, really cool. But I have a feeling that there's something kind of sketchy about this Mars One thing. Like, I, I it's going like to be like Capricorn One? It's like a publicity stunt. I mean, like... Yeah, it, it's going to be like Capricorn One. Yeah. It's where, not, you know, they don't go to the moon. Or, no, actually, they were going to Mars on that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> if you remember that film oh, with yeah. uh, Elliot Gould? Yeah. They were going to Mars then, too. And then they faked up... Gee, it's pa- Capricorn One. That's Mars One, Capricorn One. Yeah. Maybe which is a great film, but I haven't seen it Bands... Boss Lansdorp, I think, is the guy that's the... Um, he's really young, too. He's a young guy, who the one who's this inspired this and organized, right. organized it and whatever. I don't know if he's going there or not. That'd be a good indication of how... <laughs> you know, yeah, see you later. Yeah, Go same. enjoy Mars. Yeah, I'm know. staying here with my money, my huge pile of money I made from this TV show. Uh, I don't know, six billion seems cheap and it seems like if i want to sit in a rocket i don't want it to be cheap i no, want it no, to be to go to better. mars i don't want my windows to be falling off or yeah. you know you want it to be 600 billion you know I want it to be the safest fucking ship yeah like i don't know. know how much curiosity cost uh the rover that's there now which you know it landed a year ago almost uh it'll be a couple of days august 6th it would be one year since it landed since it smashed yeah. down um so that's pretty cool and that's what their idea is they're going to send a rover up and they're going to they're gonna send a rover up first, I guess. And they've got this all planned out every two years. They're going to send a rover up, and it's going to, like, explore out, like, a campsite. And then they're going to send huh. up all the, the gear, like, the pods and whatnot. And then the rover is going to, like, assemble it, like, over a course of years. And then I think 2021 or 2022 is when they actually launch the people, when they've just slapped them to the side of a rocket and just blast them into space. And then they will land in 2033. 
spend the next two years putting these pods together, Mars farming, I don't, you know, whatever. And then, <laughs> then they're going to, every two years, they're going to send more people. Mars that, and Chronicles. That, that's, that's, the, that's the idea, so. Uh, well, you know, you know I, I want to go to Mars. I, I would totally do that. Like I said, I mean, I think that would be, you know, just a, a you know, w- wow, what a way to, you know, uh, go out with, with your life and sure. use it. But, but you know what I want when I go up there? You know what I want to see? I want to see. Uh, I want to see Cohagen and um, uh, Richter. Uh, I want. I want uh, Quaid up there with um, the tiny, squishy mutant Quato guy. Oh yeah. I want him up there. I want Benny and his ten kids. Screw you, Benny. <laughs> um, I want Arnie in that shit big woman, fat woman outfit that keeps repeating two weeks, two weeks. I mean, like for fuck's sake, this is the future, and he. He could only find an anatomic head that just said two weeks, two weeks, over and over and over again. He could have just stuck a fucking big red wig on his head, and it would have probably been more plausible. Sure. Um, I want, uh, I want to see like uh, midget prostitutes with Uzis, um, uh, mi- prostitutes with three tits. Um, uh, I want my women sleazy on the mule, um, blue sky over Mars, and and I don't want Colin Farrell anywhere fucking near it. <laughs> I don't even. I don't want him even mention the same sentence. I don't. I don't want Gary Sinise and Tim Robbins all kind of Vic mature um, in it, like in Mission to Mars. I don't want Val Kilmer and Terrence Stamp and some shitty robot dog, like in Red Planet. And uh, um, although I wouldn't mind Carrie Ann Moss because she's lovely. Um, I, I, I want. I want a Paul Verhoeven um, post Robocop but pre show girls. I want total fucking recall, man. That's what I want on Mars. Well done, sir. Well done. That impressive. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Who knows? From anyway, the heart. Let's go to Mars. Let's do it. Why not? It, you know, it's going to be like Gilgan's Island. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be Big Brother. Uh, uh, well, no one's getting voted off the planet. Oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Like if it was like a reality show. <laughs> like Big you know, Brother. They had like, like 40 people, you know, and you're getting voted off the planet. And you, you just get voted to, out, vote out the airlock. Right. You have to you have to like just wander out into the, into the Mars desert like the like the judges you know oh, when they leave yeah, yeah. i'm going out uh, outside and maybe sometime yeah yeah cool man well anyway let's go to mars yeah mars people one. of earth let's go to mars um they do mars one has a uh it's it, it is fascinating but they do have a video um that's available it's video on demand right now um it's called one way astronaut and it's basically just it talks about how this this guy had this idea and how he says we have the technology so um if you have some time to kill and you have four dollars in your pocket it might be worth watching it otherwise Check out the just watch the trailer. It's pretty neat. It's a pretty cool idea. See you at the party, Richter. <laughs> this looks absolutely perfect. I mean, it's uh, it's the right proportions. It'll be this color, right? Yeah. 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 That's 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 just terrific. I mean, it almost looks uh, looks like the real thing. Well, got it. Yeah. When we get the actual uh, set, when we get the piece, it'll it'll follow exactly these specifications. I mean, even these contours and everything. Um, I don't that, understand you. Uh, but I mean, the actual piece. Well, when we, I mean, when when you build the actual piece. Uh, but this is what you asked for, isn't it? What? Well, this is the piece. This is the piece. Yes. Are you telling me that this is it? This is scenery. <laughs> Have you ever been to Stonehenge? No. The triptychs. The triptychs are twenty feet high. You can stand four men up. Ian, yeah, I was. I was this asked is, to build this a This isn't the piece of scenery. Look, look. This is what I was asked to build. 18 inches, right here. It's specified, 18 inches. I was given this napkin, I mean... Forget this! Fuck the napkin! In ancient times, hundreds of 
of people. The Druids. Right now, there we go. Everyone obviously knows that's uh, that was a very bemused Ian Faith, um, manager of Spinal Tap, um, or uh, not bemused, an upset Ian Faith with a bemused set designer <laughs> um, from uh, from the fantastic film This Is Spinal Tap, which we did a little kind of Headspace Invaders on tour last week, where we went to see a showing of this um, with a beer dinner, and uh, we recorded some uh, some kind of our thoughts after we saw this. Now, please be. Be mindful that we had a few drinks in us at this point. So, but uh, here's what we thought. Hey everybody, it's uh, Adam and Davey at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, we did a little thing tonight. It was a little fun thing Boulevard did with Alamo. It was a uh, showing of Spinal Tap with a four-course beer dinner with beers paired by Boulevard. Yeah, thanks to Ryan Davis for hooking us up at the Alamo Alhas in KC, and um, we had a great time, right? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, thanks, thanks again for the for the hookup. I appreciate it. No, the food was good. The beers were great. And the movie was great. Tell us what we had, what what the uh, courses were and the, what they were paired with. Well, we had the 11-inch salad to start with. Now, is that in reference to the uh, Derek Small scene when uh, going through TSA, when he pulls the cucumber out with wrapped in aluminum foil? Yes, well, it was a, it was a cucumber salad, yes. So it was an ele- the 11-inch cucumber salad. And we paired that with Boulevard Zone, um, which is a seasonal beer. We had... Um, for me, the best course of the dinner was the second course, which is just called Stonehenge, which is fried brie with Chipotle raspberry chutney with Boulevard 80 Acre. But the best thing about this thing was it came in a, a fixed model of Stonehenge. So it was like three pieces of brie kind of fried together in a little mini Stonehenge, which was not quite as big as the one in the film, but... It wasn't much smaller, though, either. No, no, definitely not. That was uh, laugh-out-loud funny just to get that on your plate. Then it was some miniature bread sandwiches, um, a la Nigel Tufnell, uh, throwing his wobbler before they went on in Cleveland, I think, about the small, tiny bread and how we couldn't figure it out. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> and then we had, and that was with uh, Reverb, and then we had El- Elvis's peanut butter uh, and banana delight, which was uh, like a peanut butter brulee banana with chocolate truffles with uh, Boulevard's new beer, Pop-Up IPA. Um, uh, great fun. And a great laugh. And I, I, I haven't seen Spinal Tap in a while. It's probably been a few years. Uh, obviously, one of the, you know, one of the best films ever made. And just because you know it's so ingrained in pop culture nowadays, you kind of forget, you know, that these guys were the ones that started the the mockumentary thing. It, they were the first ones to do it. Christopher Guest is a genius. Michael McKean, you know, Harry Shearer. These guys are. Are, are, are brilliant and uh, yeah they're masters at what they do I mean it was so well I, I like it always amazes me every time we watch this movie and then I see like I get lost in it and I forget for a minute that it is a mockumentary because it is so deadpan and I remember watching it when uh, when I first watched it and you know I was a long-haired dude into metal I mean still am but I just don't have the long hair anymore but um, you know I remember watching it, is this real or is this a piss take? Should I be laughing or should I be mad? I can't. Re- I, I don't. I didn't really know how to react. Um, but of course, we laughed. It's great. And uh, one of those films when I first saw that was I was sorry that it ended. I wanted to continue to go on and on and on because not. It's not very long. It's quite a short film. But um, I, things I've forgotten about it. There were. Um, I know Bruno Kirby was in it in New York as the limo driver, and that whole scene is so uncomfortably hilarious yeah. when he has the spinal pap. Was just made me laugh out loud today. But he's yeah, he's going about on about Frank Sinatra. Are you reading, are you reading Sammy David Jr.'s autobiography? 
uh, if I can? It's like, yeah, if, yeah, I can, as long as Frank tells me it's okay. You know, I mean, this is a crappy bad joke, and then they roll the window, hilarious. And then also, uh, Fred Willard, I, I actually, since the last time I saw it, I don't think I realized that Fred Willard was even in the film, and then, of course, he was in Austin at the Air Force, Cap, Air Force Base, and he called him Spinal Tarp, which also made me laugh out loud. Um, Dana Carvey and Billy Crystal as the mime waiters. Uh, mime is money, right? <laughs> I mean, you guys know this. I mean, we're just kind of repeating lines from a film because we're such fans of it. But um, still love the, um, obviously, the, the iconic This Amp Goes to Eleven. Still brilliant. Um, and I, I, I always love that, like, I, I'd like to work in Haberdashery at the very end with the credits roll. I love that little back and forth with, with uh, Rob Reiner. That's just, that's just genius. Um, and also getting lost. Like I, every time I watch the film, I about halfway through, I go, "Oh, they're gonna do that bit where they get lost yeah. on their way to the stage." Rock and roll. Still makes me fucking laugh. But uh, yeah, uh, great film, great laugh tonight. And uh, we, we're gonna do more of these with Alamo. I know we've talked about doing a uh, with Nail and I in the future. This month. Um, you know, I think that was just a collage, that, uh, like an homage they did for beer drinking films. I don't know if they're gonna show it though, because I I talked to. And, and with Nell and I, you know, I t when they, just before the open, I came in here and talked to them, and, and it was definitely under discussion about showing that film here. And, and then there's, there's so many different things you can do with that movie. Like, um, there's, a, there's a drinking game where every time with Nell, I'd love to do this if you could. Every time with Nell drinks, you have to drink. Um, like, like, make some audience participation happen. Um, or everything with Nell drinks, you drink, which is probably not a good thing. Oh, yeah, no, that wouldn't be a good thing. Perfume, lighter fluid. Uh, so maybe have some, you know dead people in here after that but uh, yeah I'd love to love to maybe figure that out if we can so and th they told me that it's definitely doable and then we'd maybe Headspace Invaders would host that so that would be amazing yeah yeah especially just to get the word out for that movie because not a lot of people know about it yeah 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 and it's on Netflix streaming so go watch it like now yeah I was with that the, our brewer department from Boulevard and Alex and and he kept on because they had a kind of homage at the start of all these beer drinking movies and and there was multiple clips of with nail um, during that kind of two-minute scene, and uh, Alex is like, "What's that movie? What is that movie? I mean, how could I've never seen that?" And he's like, "That's one of the greatest films ever made, dude!" And you're about to like, get, get your mind blown. And, and I, I'll gonna let him borrow my copy, but uh, he, yeah, he was, you know, because it's such a great film, and with Nail, such an extravagant kind of outrageous character, you know. But yeah. Anyway, that's um, that's what we did tonight. Um, yeah, it was great fun. Good fun. Well, Alamo been great for us and great to us. I mean, we, we we came to the Hobbit here last year, got to the premiere, and Superman, Man of Steel, Man of Steel, and then we're going to uh, this week too. So Wolverine this week. Uh, if you haven't been here yet, I heartily recommend coming down. Guys, check it out. I mean, it's free parking at the H and R Block Building. Um, they will validate your parking pass. Um, yeah, it's it's table side service, seat side service. They Get the, uh, the porter milkshake from the shoots, it's great. Um, the adult milkshakes, I mean, it's, yeah, if you haven't been here, come here as soon as you can. Have a drink at the Chesterfield before your movie, after your movie, talk about what you saw. Um, yeah, they do Geeks Who Drink here, I think, on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Um, it's a great spot, yeah. We can't, we really Which, like uh, we came up with the greatest uh, pub quiz name uh, for a group ever, Duran's Smile Tap, which is going to be Nigel Tuffnell's Tiny Guitar. And no one's going to get it, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> From now on, that's our, our pub quiz, Geeks Who Drink name, Nigel Tuffle's Tiny Guitar. All right. So uh, thanks for listening again, guys. And, um, yeah, from the Alamo. Back to the show. Back to me and you. Back to you. Hey, uh, take it away, David. 
And that was that. It is back to me. So uh, that was great. Once again, thanks a lot to Ryan and everyone at Alamo and Chance. There are great people down there, Alamo Lighthouse and KC. So um, they really look after us, and we really appreciate the hospitality for that night. Yeah, it's cool. It's it good yeah. fun. Yeah, thanks so much. And keep in mind, guys, we were four solid, well, probably more four solid beers. Well, yeah, some of those beers are higher in alcohol, too. Yeah. And I sound very excitable. <laughs> well, it kicked off with the reverb, didn't it? Wasn't that the first yeah. one? Yeah. I so. sound more like a hamster in his, in his rollerball. I'm like, You're <laughs> really excited. You guys yeah. love that movie. so fucking great. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm overstimulated. Yeah, way overstimulated. So, uh, but we're going to talk about stuff we've seen lately, you know, either whether that's movies, TV, whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. What have you seen lately, buddy? Um, well, I started watching Hyperspace on Netflix, but yeah. I didn't want to talk about it right now. I want to save that one. Right. Um, what else have I watched? I watched the Orange is the New Black on Netflix. If you haven't I given a shot, I watched the first two episodes. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Yeah, um, it, yeah I did. Um, Breaking Bad season five just came on Netflix Friday. That's the set. That's this Friday just gone. It just came live for instant viewing, just Friday. And I watched all eight episodes in a kind of a binge session. Oh, my God. By yesterday afternoon. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I had finished those eight episodes. <laughs> so now I'm all caught up for next week when the, the finale, the season finale starts. It, that's an interesting concept, like the binge watching. That's something yeah. that didn't exist years ago. No. You know, I mean. Netflix is, that's it. That's it, what they do. Yeah. That's, House of Cards, I binged the shit out of that one as well. Sure. I used to watch the, like, to, yesterday when I went running on my treadmill down, uh, I watched a full episode of Breaking Bad as I was running. Yeah. But my earphones, great. I mean, it's great. Binge watching is, it's the future, as they say. It really is. And, that, and I think that's why they're releasing them out and just yeah. like a shotgun, like, boom, here's all 12. Yeah. House, House of Cards, uh, Arrested Development, they did that with, um, Orange is the New Black, and then Ricky Gervais' new series, Derek, comes out in September, and that's available for binge, binge watching too. They shouldn't call it instant viewing, they should call it binge, binge watching. Because yeah. that's what you do. That's what you do, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Um, but uh, so, so those some of the things I've watched on um, the small screen, the big screen. I did go see uh, right after the Spinal Tap. Went back to the Alamo, um, saw Wolverine and uh, Pacific Rim. Actually, it was Pacific Rim then Wolverine, but um, saw both of those. Uh, I have l- things to talk about for both right. of those movies, but I don't. You haven't quite caught no. up yet. No, you're, you're sworn to secrecy yeah. until I've seen them. And yeah. I, this week, I will make a point to get to both of those. Yeah, we'll get and we'll. Yeah. I know we, we went to the premiere of Wolverine, yeah. um, and I, was, we, I had a ticket to go, but I couldn't work it out that night, so it didn't work for me. But uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, I got to see it. That's the one. That's my one, as we said in Alan and David's bumper summer pack of fun, whatever the fuck we call that. Right. That was the one that I wanted to see above all, so I'm really letting myself down. Not no, no, you build up, let, let, you know, let it come, let it go, right. you know, go, you can have the whole but thing. But there, there is a stinger at the end of that film. Uh, the stinger was great. great. Yeah, the stinger was fantastic. Not uh, like, uh, not like uh, Iron Man 3. Yeah, shit. no, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it, and yeah, and the, the best thing about the stinger was you didn't have to sit through seven hours of credits. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, and. I hate saying that because the, uh, all those people that you know put in all the hard work and time and stuff, they, you know, it's a good way for you to see. I just so but you just, you know, all those great people, the no, gaffer no, 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 and no, 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 best no, boy. No, I just, love that best boy. He is the best boy. Yeah, he's the best boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking him off, but it does. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, right. Right. It's start. a pain. Yeah. But no, it's uh, it's good. It, the stinger was. All right. Cool. So I will see that this week, and then we'll talk about that at a later date. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, Super. Have you seen Super? No. That's on Netflix interviewing with Ryan, Ryan Wilson. Wilson and Ellen Page. Ellen. Um, really cute opening scene. opening scene's great, actually. One of the highest of the film is the opening scene. It's a cartoon scene, and um, they have a kind of a, a 
a dance number but it's a cartoon dance number where they're all all the characters in the film are dancing around and and at the end of the the opening credits when they're finished dancing around and it's like the cartoons like <sighs> breathing heavy like they've really done it like yeah. they're real people oh, yeah. it's it's yeah. super cute yeah, i mean honestly the film's worth it just for that but it's a it's a cute film i i already enjoyed it um uh, there's rabbits in it I love rabbits uh, Nathan Fillion is in it as the Holy Avenger which oh, is kind of cool yeah. um, and it's just a nice little film um, a lot of parallels to Kick-Ass I think probably that's what hurt it in the end because they came out right I mean I'm sure that this film was being made right around the same time Kick-Ass was being made and maybe they held it back because Kick-Ass it's so it's similar in a lot of ways and it's a shame because this film, I don't think... Is it, it as subversive as Kick-Ass? Yeah, oh, God, even more so. Oh, I mean, and, really? And it's um, it just kind of... I don't even know if it got a theatrical release. Uh, it just came and went. It was gone in a flash, which is a shame, but I understand. I mean, after you watch it, you'll, you'll see what I mean. You should right. definitely watch it, though. Um, and, and it's quite touching in the end, you know? Like, I didn't cry, which, you know, obviously I like to cry, as we yeah, noted yeah, here before. For sure. Um, but I almost did. I almost cried. Oh. <laughs> so... It's just, it's good. It, definitely well worth, you know, an hour and a half of your time. Uh, if you haven't seen Super, go check it out. Do you know what year it came out? It was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, maybe two, two, three years ago. Yeah. I remember, I, I do recall the trailers and I, I do. Great cast, man. I didn't realize it was on streaming. I mean, because, you know, that's the thing about Netflix, too. It's like, if you watch it on, like, your Xbox, it's so hard to hunt down stuff. Yeah. You know, and they make it difficult. I mean, they want you to watch what they want you to watch. Yeah. They should, like, watch this. Right. You know, um, but, yeah, I, th- I feel like I just found it recently and put it in my queue. Yeah, it's, you know, Kick-Ass is more of a comic book film than this. You know, Kick-Ass seems more cartoonish than this seems. Re- like, his, he doesn't have any superhero. He's just a dude, and he carries a wrench, and he beats the shit out of people with his wrench. And he beats the shit out of them with his wrench. Do you recall a movie with Michael Rapport in it not too long ago? It was on a similar vein. He thought hmm. he was a superhero, but I think it was all in his mind. Yeah, I've never I seen it. I think it might be on... Uh, it's irrelevant, but all right. So super. What else have you seen? Um, Kill List. Um, ben Wheatley. Um, this incredibly interesting English filmmaker who's making the craziest films. He did Sightseers, Kill List, which was great. Kill List was so weird. I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but um, you know, starts off as like a normal hitman film and then turns into this kind of weird occult wicker man esque. Right thing and you just don't see it coming it, it's a slow slow build and he he he's one of those directors that he treats his audience like intelligent human beings so he doesn't he, he doesn't flag everything you just have to and yeah, you just to work it out for yourself and you, and it's so subtly done that you think did, did i just see that was that is that in my head or did that really happen or did i miss something earlier on that makes that makes that make sense and it's not it just doesn't it just he does those things and it's even towards the end, when the picture starts getting clearer, but it still doesn't make sense. His films have a tendency to kind of end, and I, um, but he's he's brilliant. He's doing some really really cool stuff. So um, I think a North American comparison would be Shane Carruth, who did Primer, right? Which I've also watched recently, which is only 80, 70, 80 minutes long. Also well worth the view, and also on Netflix, uh, Netflix instant viewing too, as is Kill List, about time uh, time travel and kind of more real ramifications about. If you if some dudes really invented the time machine, some of the things that could happen, mind bending though. I mean, I love complicated, long drawn out films. Now this isn't long; it's quite short, but it's very complicated and hard to kind of keep up with. I had to rewatch it the last ten minutes, you know, a couple of times to kind of go, okay, I, am I getting the whole story here? <laughs> right. But I I I got drawn to it because um, 
it was on like the top five science fiction films list that you've never seen. And I'd seen three or four of them, and but I hadn't seen this one. And also on that list wasn't Equilibrium, which was bullshit. Which made me think this list was bullshit because no one's seen Equilibrium. No if you one. haven't seen Equilibrium, you had to see Equilibrium. Yeah. It's a great film. Yeah. Um, but I watched this on that recommendation as the number one science fiction film you've never seen. And uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. But great ideas. And I think that like Shane Carruth and Ben Wheatley are really trying to make what you like, original films, original thinking original and original ideas, films. Yeah, yeah. So th- there was a lot of original ideas. And uh, yeah, you should definitely check it out. He's also done a film called Upstream Color, which is also available on instant viewing, which is also messed up. So uh, more like the, there are young David Lynch's, I would say, you know, oh. if I'm going to make a comparison to okay. filmmakers nowadays. But on Ben Wheatley, he's also made Sci-C, as I said, but he's just released in England um, the last couple of weeks. It's a film called A Field in England, which is... Uh, has got a lot going for it. First of all, it's um, he released it first time it's ever been done. He released it on all different formats. So when it came out, it solely was in the UK, though. solely in the UK. Yeah, it's not in the US yet, and we'll get to that. I think, but he released it came out uh, in the cinema, it came out on DVD, it came out on uh, pay per view and instant viewing, and then also came they showed it on TV the same night it came out. So he basically put it on every format you'd want to go. Okay, you know, and I get this. I mean. Yeah. I like to go to the cinema sometimes just because I like to go to the cinema. I like that experience, that kind of communal experience in the dark, on the big screen. That's nice. That's an experience for me that I enjoy. Um, and it adds to the film for me. Also, I like sometimes just sit in my arse in my home and watch a film on TV too. So he basically gave you the option to do whatever you wanted, um, which is kind of revolutionary. But I also think that that's probably the future of yeah. where things are going, you know. Um, but, but a field in England... I watched the the trail of it and it looks incredibly disturbing. It's pretty uh, creepy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should rec- I recommend highly watching the trailer right now. I mean, pause us for a second. Yeah. Go watch that trailer. Oh, if then, you're listening to us on the website too, maybe we can post a yeah a link to the trailer. Maybe we will. I mean, it is yeah. yeah. It's and then come creepy. back. Uh, you'll come back a more disturbed person, or yeah. at least you know. I, I, you, you may not be like I watching it. I wasn't disturbed in the moment. Right, but after watching it, yeah, I was like, "Ah, oh, what?" Yeah, it's what, just that? it's got a very oh. weird, a lot of weird imaging imagery in it. It looks like it's choppy. If it's in black and white, the the soundtrack is creepily eerie, and then there's just some really strange moments. And I know everybody back home is talking about the tent scene, and and they show a tiny, tiny bit of the tent scene where he's walking out of the tent with this look on his face that just and speaks disturbs my in my, in my soul tied, tied up he was tied up he's tied up and you yeah i think it's almost like the um the hacking your ear off in reservoir dog scene where you don't which you don't actually see, see but, it, but it's it, it got slammed for that so much for the gratuitous violence but you never actually saw that right. piece of violence it's the same kind of thing he goes into the tent screaming something happens in there and then he comes out and it's suddenly oh, yeah. it switched to slow motion it's the gaps that your mind fell in that's so, i yeah. mean you leave it to your own device. i'm scared but excited to see this film yeah and, and the, the toadstools? Yeah. The, what do you call them? Fairy rings? Well, yeah, it's a fairy rings, which is kind of uh, like a really old Irish-English folklore stuff where the if you'd walk around in parks or in fields and you'd, sometimes you'd come across uh, patches which were ringed, you know, in the grass that were just, you know, if the grass was one height, it would be lower. So, and, they, uh, and they, that's what they're, they're called, fairy rings. And people don't know where they come from, um, but they say, don't step into a fairy ring because you may never step out of it. Yeah. So it's kind of... I think it's based There's in that because yeah. it all happens in this one. And field. then it looked like uh, at one point they dug up something 
like yeah. a totem or something that had like druid ruins yeah, or something it's, like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's, he, he's making some great, great films. And like I said, he doesn't treat you like an idiot. He just kind of, it's almost like you just have to watch this unfolding and, and take from it what you will and figure it out or not figure it out. And know? I think it's a good example of how you don't have to spend a lot of money to make yeah, he made something like riveting. 50 grand or something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, Field in England, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, and so U.S. release, what, what did we discover oh, on it, U.S. release? Yeah, it's Draft House films have, have picked it up. So that's Alamo Alehouse. Um, it's so funny you say Alehouse every time and I laugh. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's Draft House film productions have picked it, or the film, uh, the distribution company picked it up. So and all the Alamos around the, the country, they'll probably show this film. Oh, and, yeah. and Alamos have that uh, that weird kind of thing where they, you know, they show certain films, they give you, you know, little trinkets or like a reminder. Like, I guess when they show Wayne's World, they give you like the Wayne's World hat, hat, you know. Yeah. So, do you think in a field in England, they'll like hand you some magic mushrooms and you're walking in? Oh, man, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely think they, sh- I mean, we, especially here in town, they've got to, you, you got to have the sixth glass with it. You got to do something. Right. You yeah. got to make that happen. Because Adele's in the sixth glass. I should. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll talk to him about that. But. Yeah, Field in England. Um, but uh, that's kind of really what I've been watching. Uh, I did see one thing. I know we've talked about small screen and we've talked about big screen, but I did watch something recently, and, it, and I know that you've watched it too. Um, it just made me think of it, you know, like really tiny budget, low budget film, but still, you know, kind of powerful and like, whoa, this is really, really intelligent, is the uh, truth in journalism. Yeah, that was great. And I put that on, uh, I tweeted it out. Um, yeah. yeah, the kind of link to that, that yeah. YouTube. That was really cool. Yeah, it was great. I love that, you know, those kind of fan-made films, if they're done really well, and they obviously have established actors, and like Thomas Jane one with the Dirty Laundry, and then Ryan... Ryan Quanton. Quanton. Yeah, he's an Australian one. actor who plays... Uh, it's pretty funny. That guy's range in his accents. Um, he plays... I, and if you haven't seen the video yet, I, I think you go check it out. Truth in, Truth in Journalism. Just just Google that on Ryan Quanton. Um, it's on YouTube. I don't know where else, but... Uh, he plays a Brooklyn accent, I guess. Is that yeah. what that is? I mean, it's yeah. a New York accent. Yeah. How long did it take you? Well, I when you sent it to me, like you said a particular thing in the in the text, like uh, blank, and I won't say what that is because if you haven't seen it, just check it out and see how long it takes to figure out who he is and what's going on. Because it right. took me, I was like, what is this about this? And then I was like, oh, I know he's he's blank, you know. And yeah. I figured out, oh yeah, he's that's who he's supposed to be. Because if you don't know, it's kind of better coming out. I think that way. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. So check it out, Truth and Journalism. And Dirty Laundry, if you haven't seen it, too. Yeah, back that's, to back. that's great. Joe Lynch, I think, is the guy's name. Yeah, He's if you want to see it. Thomas Jane as the Punisher again, check out Dirty Laundry. Yeah, again, made for like 10 bucks, and yeah. can completely captured the feel of Frank Castle. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, let's see, what else did we miss uh, in the past couple of weeks since we haven't got together? Comic-Con happened? Comic-Con. Yeah, San Diego. That's sad. It is sad. Yeah, why is it sad? Because we weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. It is. But we should make this commitment to ourselves right now that we will be there 2014. Or bust, as they used right. to say. Yeah. Let's let's get the show on the road and take it to Comic-Con. All right. Um, you know, there, yeah, because next year there will be what will be coming out the ne- the following, that summertime. Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about this real quick. Um, so in San Diego Comic-Con now, I mean, it's, of course, it's, you know, the world's largest collection of nerds right. started however many years ago with like 500 people in a single room just basically trading comics, you know, talking about comics. There right. may have been panels here or there. Um, and now it's becoming this huge thing where it's kind of come one, come all. You can kind of come be who you are, do what right. you want to be. I mean, it's, it's, it's an, um, for nerds, 
uh, it's an amazing event. And then for people who follow pop culture, they're still aware of it. You know, they're still aware of Comic Con. I think you said it right there. It's it's a pop cult. It's the pop culture event. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, I'm, I think Metallica was there this year. To, right. You know, talk about they have a uh, a D- documentary, documentary coming. I mean, right. so it's you know, it's it's going beyond. Right. You know the, the just the cosplay and just the. Um, you know the the comic books on fire and going to and I mean it's of course it's a merchandise you know kingdom because all of these people because there's a lot of people collect anything anything you can think of people collect it and then there's Comic Con exclusives that they make just for Comic Con and there's a big right. big bucks whatever um, but it's also you know it's a place for like um, like you know Warner Brothers Paramount and all these you know like Fox to to be like hey these this is what we have on the horizon. And they have panels, and so you can wait in line, and you can—it's as close as you're going to get to that whole collection of people that are making something that you're interested in. Hall H, right? Yeah, Hall H—that's a big one. Um, so this year, I think this is this is kind of funny. In this, the, basically, you know, the, in, in the comic book world, there's there's Marvel and there's DC, and and there are several other satellite you know um, companies out there, but those are the two big ones. Right. So Marvel this year. Pepsi and Coke. Pepsi and Coke. Right. right. Well, this year Coke. Who's Pepsi and who's Coke? I would say this year Marvel was Coke. Marvel's Coke. Yeah, and DC was Pepsi. DC's Pepsi always. Um, it's your dad's soda. <laughs> uh, that's always the joke. But no, this year I would say Marvel had several panels that were really interesting um, because they've got some stuff on the horizon. They've got Guardians of, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, wi- Karen Gillum, shave their head. Shave their head, yeah. I mean... Uh, she looks ridiculous, by the way. Chris Pratt. She looks like a miss, uh, like a girl's world doll with her head shaved. Well, she looks I, ridiculous. I mean, she had to. I mean, with the, the characters, it's, it's going to kill. It's I get gonna it, be but great. she looks ridiculous. Right. Um, I thought she looked fantastic, by the way. Oh, there um, you go. Guardians of the Galaxy, great casting. I mean, yep. it's getting better every day. Days of Future Past, also well, I mean, stellar casting. That picture. Yeah, of them just lined up against the wall. Oh, um, first of all, some people on boxes and some people not. I thought that was funny. Uh, that's funny, yeah. <laughs> Who's really, really short and who's not super short? Right, right, right. Who's wearing platforms? Uh, funny, the, yeah, Wolverine right in the middle, which is perfect because he's right in the middle of the film, you yeah. know, and he's the only character who's... Uh, himself in throughout the film, like uh, oh, the uh, only like yeah. right, Hugh Jackman is yeah. the only. Like you've right. got Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy. You've got uh, Michael Fassbender and Three McKellen. So, yeah, he's but he's the only guy. And right. It's actually, you know, Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, um, Hugh Jackson. Uh, the the casting for that looks amazing. Like Oscar, three Oscar winners in that lineup. Oh, unbelievable! And multiple Oscar nominees. nominees. Yeah. I mean, it, it blows your mind. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that picture like blew my. I was like, holy. Jesus, Mary, and you know that was that picture blew my mind. I mean that that picture right there could have been like the red carpet at right. the Oscars. I and mean, I, yeah, just, you know, yeah. I mean, and I'd forgotten because, you know, it's the whole Fox Marvel Studios thing where Fox still owns the, the rights to X Men, so they're making this probably the last one they'll do before Marvel get it back. And because I was following Marvel's feed kind of through the Comic Con, so I, I was like, oh. And then at the end of it, then Patrick Stewart tweeted out this picture. And he's like, oh, look who I have to work with today. I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and so then I was like, oh, shit, yeah, of course, because Fox had their whole thing there. with, And it was all based around Days of Future Past with Brian Singer. So, sure. yeah, that film, how can it not be uh, great? A great viral campaign for that movie, too, by the way. Um, but also Marvel has on yeah. the horizon, they had a panel for Thor. They had a yeah. panel for Captain America Winter Soldier. Right. They had a huge panel for the Avengers Age of Ultron, where we actually know who the <laughs> yeah. villain is now. Yeah. Um, and then they also had a panel for uh, Ant-Man. Yeah. Um, DC said <laughs> there might be a uh, Superman versus Batman movie. And they rolled the out Zack Snyder. 
Yeah. You know, get, get fucking Holy. It's like crossing and Hall H, they're in Hall X or Hall G. Yeah. Holy shit, you see what's happening in Marvel? Jesus fucking Christ. Someone get Zack Snyder like here as soon as you quickly yeah, can. Yeah. Uh, what, what can we do? What can we do? I don't know. Um, uh, let's, let's do, let's do um, Killing Joke. Let's, re- let's make that into a book. No. Let's remake The Watchmen. That was shit, that film. So let's do it again. No. No. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get a film and let's put Batman and Superman together. Can we do that? Yeah. Let's get Zack Snyder in because he just made Superman. So yeah, this seems like a really sad attempt I mean, to try to right. one upsmanship. Yeah, like they had to have something so hot on the heels of Man of Steel, and then you know a year after the, you know uh, Nolan's Batman trilogy. I mean, it just seems forced, big time, and it seems like a mistake. Possibly, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't like Zack Snyder. Um, I just think he makes bad films, but. Man of Steel was great. Now, I say that, but obviously I, I like some of the films. Like 300 was great. Sure. It was really different. Man of Steel, I thought was great. Of course, we covered that. But I think Man of Steel, I think Christopher Nolan, I think, had a good hand in that and definitely gave it a certain feel. Right. I would put that on Christopher Nolan's doorstep, not Zack Snyder's. Yeah. I think Zack Snyder kind of makes, like, Sucker Punch is just so bad. And that's just, and I think that's him. And Watchmen was bad. I mean, that was so bad, too. So, yeah, so he's gonna make the Batman Superman team yeah, up I, movie. I, I don't. Think I don't it's even happen. think it's I a think good it's, idea. I think it's. I don't think it's a good idea either. I think it's a carrot on the stick. It's. You know, just I'd rather see Justice League. You know. Yeah. But it's like, oh, they did the Avengers. Well, let's do Justice League or let's do Batman Superman. It's just it's. You know, it's already been done. Marvel already done. It. You just look like you're kind of late to the party. Yeah. Yeah. So boo on that. That's what I said. Until it comes out and five years and we're like this is the most oh we're gonna geek out of it for sure i'm not saying that we won't geek out of it but i I think it's fraught with problems yeah no no christian bale for sure no christian will it be joseph gordon lewitt will he no no no, they well okay according to what they said it's going to be an older batman because the story is going to be um dark knight returns no well yeah it is dark knight returns well that's well ah see i don't know i mean it's going to be they can't make that film they cannot make that film it's not a team up they're they're not going to do a team up it's going to be you know like a rivalry well they can't make dark knight returns because that makes superman out to be not superman i mean not cool i mean he just looks like a kind of a which which, overblown employee no if you're going to do it that's the way you got to do it because especially there was no way they'll do that uh, though but after man of steel superman has a lot to account for i think he's got to. i mean i think the next superman movie it's got to be him you know like regaining everyone's trust like is this what's gonna happen every fucking time someone comes and like you have to defend us you're gonna destroy half a city you know like yeah or and and this time it wasn't like you were defending earth you're it was all you like they came here looking for you not to like you know originally not to you know colonize us or take us over whatever they was like hey give us superman and we said no and so they they fought and destroyed half a city killed multiple people so now he's got to be like he's got to go like hey thanks for backing me up Uh, my promise is not going to happen again um, minimal damage. I'll help. You know, like rebuild the city, and you know, I I think he's got a lot to. I, I know, think but in Dark Knight Returns, though, that was Superman was kind of like the, because it was you know the the future, you know, and it wasn't very a very pretty future. No, and it was almost like the you know the U.S. was the kind of controlling country, um, 1984-esque Eurasia, Europa kind of thing, and then you had Superman as the muscle, you know, and he basically just did what he, the president told him to do, and I can't see them. Tearing down, you know what you know some a, a character that's built their comic franchise and also, you know Warner Brothers, um, 
empire. You know what I mean? It's yeah. I just can't see him tearing him down like that because he was torn to pieces in that comic book by, by Frank Miller. So I don't know, man. I just can't see that, yeah. you know? I, that's too real because the majority of people probably haven't read that book and won't get that. We get that. Right. And I still love Superman, you know? But after reading that book, I was like, well, that's a really good interpretation of him. I don't think that's not a very popular interpretation of him, though. I just can't see him doing that. If they did it, now, if they did that, I would be, wow, hats off. That's brilliant. But right, you would be. But I don't the I world would be, wouldn't be. But the world wouldn't be. No, so that's why I don't think they'll do uh, it. Yeah. But they yeah. should do it. It's not going to be a team-up. It can't be a team-up because it just won't be a team-up. Yeah, because like, well, what, what happens in a team-up? Oh, I have something. Um, Light bulb just went off your head. Yeah, your head. no, just something I forgot to tell you about later or earlier about um, the Wolverine. Okay, so I'm just going to track back for a second. This is just too good not to tell you about. So um, so with Wolverine, Silver Samurai, obviously, yeah. you've seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. You know he exists in the movie. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to tell you how, what shape, or form, whatever. But so before I went and saw it, I was like, you know what? Silver Samurai is a character I don't really know a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. Like, let me, I just want to do some research. You know, just look it up. Just, you know, maybe it's character bio, blah, blah, blah. So I found this out. And I think it was like 1978. Marvel Team Up 74, uh, Silver Samurai made an appearance. And it was, um, th- the Marvel Team Up was, it was a Spider-Man issue. It was a Spider-Man-centric issue. And it was, so Peter Parker has gotten tickets to go to Saturday Night Live. Huh. Which, and he, so he's taken Mary Jane because they haven't gone on a date in a while. Uh, and that, that, uh, that week's host of Saturday Night Live in the comic was Stan Lee. Okay. So already right there, you're just kind yeah. of bizarre. Yeah. All right. So they go to the sh- they go to Silent Lab to the ta- you know to the taping, and as they're doing the opening monologue, this you know like a Asian guy you know hustles in beside Peter Parker and his spy sense goes off and he's like hyper aware of something. So as they're filming this you know the the Saturday Night Live, the Silver Samurai and his goons are keep trying to get backstage because Jim Belushi in the comic book gets a, uh, or not Jim Belushi, John Belushi in the comic book, gets a, uh, a ring and he puts the ring on and he can't mm. get the ring off. And so this Asian guy is after that ring, right? And yeah. so there's all these hijinks that go on backstage and all of, like Silver Samurai's like goons and him keep getting foiled by John Belushi, um, Gilda Radner, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. It sounds terrible. Oh, it's yeah, it's amazing. And then Spider-Man comes in and helps save the day, whatever. So yeah. Uh, so the Marvel team up was Spider-Man and the cast, the first cast of a Saturday Night Live. That sounds absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and at, at the end of the book, I guess um, it, it turns out that the ring and and the ring, it was like Silver Samurai's like teleportation ring or whatever. And then, so there's this whole fight, I guess, between uh, John Belushi's <laughs> the samurai, you know, character that he did. Um, oh, shut up. Yeah, dude, I know. It's awesome. Um, so, <laughs> but this is the best part. So uh, it turns out to the end that the ring was delivered to the wrong person. The ring was supposed to be delivered to uh, another person in the building um, mm-hmm. whose name was J.B. Lu Shi, like a like a you know like an Asian name, like J. B. Oh. Lu Shi. So, <laughs> so it went to racial John overtones Belushi. there. Yeah. So I just discovered that, and I thought, oh, oh man, that's God, worth that's talking just, about. I absolutely hate that kind of trying to make these superhero comic book characters interact with the real world in that way. That's just, I don't know, insulting and just cheesy and 
awful. Yeah, and why? But Stan Lee. I mean, like it's right. Ah, it just there's a ego. I don't know. There's a that's a psychiatrist's you know wet dream. I mean, just to kind of well, let's put myself who created this character in the comic book. I dude, I, I hate those things. And then. It's like when Kiss had their comic book, you know, and they yeah. interact with, you know, or Alice Cooper. I mean, they interact, and that's fine, but when they interact then with superheroes, because they're kind of like a super, it's just ridiculous. And it just, you know, it's not, I don't want it to interact with the real world. It's not the fucking would, real world, yeah, keep you know? things separate, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That so. sounds awful and also amazing yeah. because it's so awful. Because so. someone thought that was a fucking good idea. When we go to Comic-Con next year, we should see if we can find Marvel Team Up 74. Okay. Yeah. Deal. That'll be that'll be our like uh Holy Grail. Holy Grail, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so now we're on to the the part of the show where we do uh I do movies that I love that are shit, so we got another one, but we're changing it up a little bit this week. Um this is actually kind of an amendment to a previous episode of I did where we had a movies that I love that are shit, which was The Sword and the Sorcerer. Still a great film. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But I, I believe during that particular um, segment, I promised I would see the follow-up to Sword and Saucer, which was made in 2010. Same director, um, Albert Puyen, who did some a wealth of uh, films, question mark. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, in his past. But he finally, it took him 30 years, but he finally got to make the, the part two he promised at the end of Sword and Saucer. Um a continued adventures of town, but it's not really continued adventures. Anyone gets it? So I promised I'd watch Abelar Tales of an Ancient Empire because it was on Netflix instant viewing, and I've watched it, and I've watched it since. So instead of being a movies that I love that are shit, I'm going to table this as being a movies that I love that are shit part follow up part two movies that are shit that are shit. <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um. So you probably I just gave you a sneak preview into how I felt about this film. It was absolutely awful. Um, so just you know, podcasters, listeners, the things that I do. You suffer. I'm telling you, I, I, I was less intelligent after watching this film. You, think of all the things you could have done with yeah. the 90 minutes. That Anything. I, watch paint dry. You know, stared at a blank wall. You know, anything, you know, would have been better than sitting through this absolute nonsense. Oh, okay. Well, why was it so bad? Okay. Where do I begin? Well, first of all... Um, there was an awful lot of production companies popped up at the start, so like multitudes, um, which kind of stinks of people who have too much money and overseas money possibly, and also to me the fact that it's going to be shit. You know, if it's got more than two or three production companies involved, it's, there's too many people. They're obviously looking for money from everywhere because they're desperate to get this film going. So we had we had Underhill Entertainment, NECA Films, Kernan Pictures, SoundLogic Studios, SLC Associates Inc. Uh, Sazi Calhoun I think that's just a person who probably gave him like a tenner right, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, hey yeah. You make some, I've got 10 pounds alright we're putting Sazi Calhoun in the no, title just use his house yeah Sazi Calhoun uh, D3 Telefilm so that initially just gave me a kind of a I was going oh god this is going to be bad but you know I persevered um, it's got uh, Kevin Sorbo in it um, you know Hercules the event that was great it was a good show years ago um, you know, it was okay. Oh, it was Sam okay. Raimi okay, okay, okay. was involved. It was right. kind of funny. It had its own thing. Xena Warrior, you know, Xena came from it too, which is kind of funny too. I mean, sure. it had its time and its place, you know. TNT, late night, great. 
Um, he hasn't done much since poor Kevin Sorbo. He was on King Can, which uh, King Can or Can's a kind of a Conan from the Conan world, and they, he made that film, which was terrible with uh, Tia Carone or whatever her name is, um, Tia Carrera. Anyway, I'm, I I digress. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, Sorbo's in it. Michael Parry's in it. Directed again by Albert Poyan, as I said. I, I mean, first of all, the, the, there was a narrator at the start, and her name was Takate, and I was like, oh, I'm like, is this some kind of product placement here? Like, her name, the name of the, and she continually said, referenced their name was Takate. So, is he getting money from them? And I'm like, well, probably not, because they're not going to associate themselves with something that this is bad. The whole first fifteen minutes were filmed like on a blank soundstage, basically just had a backdrop of cartoon drawings on it it was almost like when they made this like okay this doesn't make sense when they they had it all and they were trying to edit it together so they thought well let's let's refilm like 15 minutes and put michael parry in it we'll get him and a couple of dudes literally looked like they were just they just wandered in off the street and someone just kind of shoved a plastic sword in their hand just they'd stand there behind them with with this green screen backdrop which then they just showed cartoons kind of not cartoon like drawings on and it it was just so weird. It was like, what what am I watching? And how did this get made? Just watch the first ten minutes, and it'll, it'll explain itself. It's just so so bad that the acting is not even porn quality acting. I mean, it's worse than that. So, so that and I was like, I, I, this can't be real. This can't be. Am I, why am I watching this? But I stuck through it. Um, the Lee Horsley was the original talent in in Sword and Sorcerer. What else was Lee Horsley? And he actually made some stuff after that. And I didn't realize that until I watched this film. Because I go, about halfway through, I was like, that guy looks kind of familiar with the mustache. He was this stranger in a bar. He kind of comes, and they built it up in the film. He kind of comes in, he's like, oh, la, la, la. And then he kind of goes out. And, he, and I go, well, that's obviously a, a spo- supposed to be a moment I'm supposed to recognize. Right. Well, I went back and looked at it. He was the original talent. Lee Horsley uh-huh. was also, uh, um, he was Matt Houston in a very short-lived TV show where he was a, private detective kind of like I guess it was going up against Magnum PI but he was Matt Houston in Texas okay um, and that lasted for a season you know it's a regular NBC or whatever TV show uh, but he was a cameo as a stranger so they actually pulled him in there but I'm sure he thought I gotta get the fuck out of here because this is not gonna do me any good uh, I mean it was disjointed uh, the story was all over the place I felt sick sitting through it uh, towards the end they so they built this whole thing up and it was all about Talon's kids, basically. And they built it up that they're all coming together. And there was undertones of incest. Um, and all the way through, like Kevin Storbo's in it with these women. And they're building up towards this big fight. And and then they don't even have the big fight. Oh, come they on. They then, st- like 10 minutes to go or whatever, they then switch to the narrator again, who's this Takate chick. And they talk about, she talks us through the fight that they had with the evil vampire witch queen. She just she talks us through it, and Why they they did show they show some more like drawings of the guy Kevin Sorbo's character kind of shoving a like a drawing of him shoving a sword through the vampire queen's face, and then the narrator goes and little did we know that the one character we thought wouldn't have been able to win the victory for us did Kevin Sorbo's character, right. and that was the end of the film. I mean, it's like they ran out of money, or Kevin Sorbo goes. Listen, I know um, I'm Kevin Sorbo, but, but seriously, wow. I yeah. can't be in this yeah. anymore. I'm I'm, out I've here. been watching the Daily Sense. Yeah, so I'm, I'm out of here. This is terrible. It, uh, I mean, it, it's like, you know how the Science Fiction Channel has those really shit films on sometimes, uh, like uh, Sharknado, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, this makes Sharknado look like Citizen Kane. Wow. 
Like this won't make the science fiction, you know, uh, shit movie hour. Right. It, it's it's that it's that bad. I I want to encourage everybody to watch it, but I don't want anyone to be to you know to lose some of their IQ while they're doing it. Does that make sense? I'm sure. So I guess I watched it for you. You can thank me. So you can. Yeah. So next time you see me, buy me a beer because seriously, you owe me one. Um. So I after we after you told me that you watched this movie, I was like, well, I'm not gonna watch it. But I did go on IMDb. Just I wanted to see like who else is in it, you know. Right. Just find some information. This is how bad it is. You know when you go on IMDb like to look up a movie, you're just like trying to figure out who's in it, and so yeah. you get lost in like the other information they have on the page. And yeah. So there's like the trivia, and there's just like 50 bits of trivia about yeah. the, you know like things that happen on set and this that, and the other. This movie, no trivia. <laughs> like like they're trying to find IMDb was trying really hard to fill this page out with information. Right. You know, like there's like technical specs and like what it was filmed on and whatever. Yeah. Um, the estimated budget was a million dollars oh my god so which Someone's which made, made you oh lead god. you to believe like what did they do with the other nine hundred thousand nine hundred? you know um the, and one thing i think is funny too is at the bottom of this of the imdb it's like you know you're looking at this movie here's some other movies you might enjoy so, so i'm like oh well let me look at these movies but first let me just give you like a here's like a little litmus test just so you have an idea the, the imdb kind of knows what they're doing so i, I track back i was pick a pick a movie out of my head godfather so i look at godfather and I scroll down, and it's like, here's some other movies you might enjoy. So, the, you know, Godfather 2, okay. Goodfellas, yeah. great movie. Yeah. Scarface, great movie. Yeah, great. Heat, great movie. Carlito's Way, Miller's Crossing, Leon the Professional, Blood Simple, Sleepers, Fargo. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. you know who, like, yeah. you, IMDb knows who's looking at Godfather and what movies they want to watch. Right. So I did the same thing with this one. Uh, this is the movies that they said you might like. Um, Spitfire, no fucking clue. Oh, um, Indiana Jones, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, none of the other ones, by the way. <laughs> Uh, Ironclad. <laughs> George Lucas and Steven Spielberg should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> right. um, Sword and Sorcerer, uh, DOA, Dead or Left, um, Deathstalker 4. Oh, not 1, 2, or 3. Nope. 4 nope. specifically. And, um, well, that was an Albert Pyan film, too, so right. that's why well, they put it in there. Librarian, The Curse of the Judas Chalice. I've seen that. Yeah. That's no. a TNT film. Yeah. No, that should, that, that's not bad. <laughs> that's not that bad. I mean, that was not great, but uh, with Noah. Wiley, what the fuck his name is? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, well, you can't. That's not. That's not fair. Maybe Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. You should be ashamed. And I just think the best on that film, that particular film, uh, the best kind of review of that film is that South Park episode where they kept on saying, "You're raping me." Yeah. They raped Indiana Jones. They totally did in that film. But yeah. Anyway, Abelar Tales of an Ancient Empire. If I could get a T-shirt with that on it, I would probably wear it. Really? Just because. Like as a warning to others? Yeah. yeah. Like, do not watch. Right. Um, yeah, don't ever watch it. I've watched it for you, everybody. No one else Yeah, that'd be a good it. public service. And just start wearing t-shirts of shit movies. And you just know, put, like, more like it. We no need that, that smoking thing. Yeah, out. and that the that film needs to be put in a, in a blank wooden box, stamped with top secret, and filed away in that particular warehouse where we have top men working on it as of the Raiders of the Lost Ark because it's dangerous. Or maybe go the altruistic route of KLF and just, you know, destroy all of it. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Don't yeah, make it available for anybody. Just get rid of it. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, that's an understatement. So that's it. That's uh, our movies that I movies that I hate that are shit. Movies that are shit that are shit. That's what we're going <laughs> to call it. I suppose if we ever have to do another amendment, that's what we can name it. Movies that are shit that are shit that, that are I shit. happen to watch. Right. And felt ill after. Yeah. Well, now we come to the... Sad part of the podcast where we have to stop talking. Yeah, I don't want to stop today. Yeah, I don't either.
I mean, it's like rainy outside right now. Yeah. We have beers in front of us. You've been looking at the window this whole time, and I've been looking at you. Yeah. I can't. I'm distracted by the city skyline. Yeah. Yeah. City skyline provided by Boulevard Brewery. Yeah. Thanks, Boulevard. Yeah. Thank you so much for hosting us today. But, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. You know, as always, we do appreciate it. And um, keep on downloading. Yeah, please. Um, We don't have any merchandise around, do we? No. Uh, high fives we have free high fives man <laughs> yeah. for everybody and hugs and hugs first for some, some people. people yeah um but uh yeah so thanks again for listening and as always uh you know good luck well follow well, us on twitter oh god yeah hey yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. like us on facebook yeah like us on facebook follow us on twitter at h space invaders h space invaders yeah uh we try to keep that going as much as we can so yeah, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, see you next time. Yeah. Good luck. So speculation's over at uh, 7.30 Greenwich Mean Time, uh, 1.30 Central Standard Time. We found out that uh, the, the speculation's over. No Hugh Grant, no Helen Mirren, um, no Matt Smith, thank God. The new Doctor Who is Peter Capaldi. Yay! That great uh, Glaswegian actor. Uh, so we should see some... Some fun stuff for him. I mean, I think it's great. We're back to a older version of Doctor Who. I like that. Once again, I like it's not Max Smith. It's not Matt Smith anymore, which is great for me. So um, we checked. Uh, we were checking our phones, and then we decided to try and Google search. And I'm like, what are we doing? Let's get on Twitter, because uh, that's where we get all our news now, anyway. And of course, Twitter is blown up about it. It's either people who are talking about it, or people who are talking about the fact that they don't know what this Doctor business is about. So uh, it's great, man. And uh, we kind of called it earlier on today. So. Uh, we kind of said that Peter Capaldi's in the front running and uh, makes us feel pretty good. So uh, I'm looking forward to the new season. Can't wait to see the 50th anniversary and and uh, yeah, let's get this uh, let's get this show back on the road. <laughs>